You're listening to two guys talking wine, and you will notice that the theme song is not playing right now. Um, we feel that it's important, especially given the number of people in the industry who listen to this podcast, uh, are probably aware of an article that was published by the Globe and Mail last week regarding some very serious and troubling allegations regarding Norman Hardy. And we feel that although we would like to jump in and say something, that now is not the time. No, uh, I think especially as two straight white males, we need to just sit down and listen. Uh, Our hearts definitely go out to the victims, and I am very proud of the women who came forward to tell their stories, um, to Ivy Knight and Anne Hoy, who wrote the article to help bring these allegations to light. And uh, I think the best thing that I can say for us is as people who report on the industry we need to be paying better attention and uh i don't know what the answer is but there's clearly a problem in the industry that is bigger than you or i imagined well i think uh, at this time we are, are not going to talk about it but we want to let you know that, that we are aware of it obviously and that if you want to search out what has been happening because you don't know um, you can check out the Globe Mail, uh, Norman Hardy's name, and he has issued an apology. Uh, but right at this moment, we're going to leave this topic alone. But our thoughts go out to the victims of this. You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. My goodness, it's, uh, it's three times as the charm. I think it might be the fourth. We'd have to go back and check. No, this is the third time we've third. had David... This is the fourth time we've had Clonakilla. So we assure you that Clonakilla is not paying us to do this. We just have the good fortune of having a great relationship with the winery. And frankly, um, I've been on CTV News recently talking about how Canadians are falling out of love with Australian wine. And it's really unfortunate because if there were more wines like Clonakilla coming to Canada, I think it would be a very different story. Okay. Well, the, the last time uh, that I spoke to David, I was actually in Australia. Yeah, rub it in again. Yeah. <laughs> Your little three-month vacation. And uh, <laughs> it turns out that whatever I drank in our tasted, I can't say drank, uh, out of barrel, turns out David has brought it now bottled. Yes. Welcome indeed. back. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. Thanks. Good to be here again. Always great to see you guys. And we just actually, interestingly enough, before we taste your wines, we mm-hmm. tasted the barrel samples, were they not? Mm-hmm. I, they're ready, pretty close to be to being bottled. I'm sure Vadim would say these wines are as close to finished without having a label on them. So single vineyard cassava, which you found, well, I don't know, as, a, as an Australian, what do you, well, it's a 35 year Australian. Mm-hmm. What do you, what did you think of, uh, of the Syrah from Ontario? Well, the thing that strikes me is that how different the expression of Shiraz is here, or Syrah, as you call it, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't get that out of my system. Um, but how, how different the expression is, and, and it's exactly what you'd want, right? Uh, we're not looking for the same thing. Uh, that's what winemaking's all about, is expressing the place that you happen to be and where you're growing your fruit. So I would expect it to be quite different, and, and that's the first time I've tasted Canadian Syrah. <laughs> All right. Pauses in there. All right. Syrah. Syrah. It's the first time I've t- tasted Canadian Syrah. Um, so I'm quite struck by the differences between what I'm used to. All right. Um, so I, I, 
to be honest, I can't compare it with any other Canadian Syrah because that's the only ones I've tasted. But uh, quite interesting, very quite distinctively different, each three of those batches. So um, although there is that, we talked a bit about that uh, particular character that came up to my Beefing nose. Is that, yeah, that yeah. kind of, that roasted... I, I say roast beef because I think I just no, I had one the other day, so it's in, fresh in my mind. But there's that kind no, of that, I, I guess that bit pretty, of charred edge to yeah. it, you know? Maybe yeah. that's what's coming up, that meatiness. I definitely yeah. see that's a pretty common tasting note even amongst yeah. tasters in Ontario yeah. that we'll see there's a meatiness. Okay. Meatiness yeah. 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 Like All that. right. So, yeah. so no, no feelings are hurt at yeah. <laughs> okay. Syrah like roast beef. Uh, no. That. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Okay. So there you go. So, so you have, uh, you brought three. Uh, I don't think we have to go through Clonic Hill again, do we have to? No. Oh, the whole history now. If you want to listen to it, go back a few podcasts. It'll be a, more than a few, but I mean, go back. You know what? Michael, who takes care of all the social media on this, will be linking it in one of the tweets. So just follow mm-hmm. Michael Pincus at mm-hmm. The Great Guy on yep. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, follow at Andre Wine Review. We'll make sure that we've got the old podcast linked as well as the new one. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. Uh, yeah. I'm Michael Pincus from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. And let's just say this is sort of our Return of the Jedi to... Uh, to the Star Wars of our original Clone Killer talk. So, I mean, you'll enjoy it just as much if you haven't watched the first one. Yeah. But you'll right, want to go right. back and watch the first one yeah. anyway. It stands on its own. Yeah, right? this is yeah. a Star Wars story. Yeah, I like that. All right, All right. so you've got three uh, uh, Syrah. Yes. Yeah. And actually labeled as Syrah. Look at that. Well, there you go. So we do acknowledge that. Um, so now... Yes, I brought some very special bottles for you today, two of of which we've never um, commercially bottled. This is the very first one. So you are, um, and indeed, I haven't released these in Australia yet. Oh, wow. So you're ahead of the curve here. Uh, I released these the first week of June to our customers in Australia. So you're going to get a chance to taste these. Now, the other one, the Syrah, that actually does have Syrah on the label, is a wine that we've been making for a while now. And it's been... um, a portion of our um, vineyard that does go into the Shiraz Viognier, which is our, of course, our kind of flagship wine that we have. Um, and in the good years, we and when we have enough fruit and the, and the vine's bearing well, we'll keep some aside. Uh, we do treat it a bit differently than our Shiraz Viognier. All right, so this one is all whole berries. All right, so we we don't even uh, put it through the pump at destemming. We we destem it and then just bucketed into the open fermenters uh, and there's no whole bunches in this at all all right so 100 percent whole berries beautiful sight to see in the fermenter lovely just every single berry is there and just it produces a lovely sight so 100 percent whole berries all right now we let this go it's all wild yeast ferment just let it ferment on its own Um, macerated for almost six weeks so we just let it just give it a good soaking all right and then almost two years in punchins, all right, okay. fresh punchins. So, so very was, different. How was 16? Punchins are 500 liters? Yeah, they're the bigger ones. Yeah, the big yep, that's right. So, so nice. Yeah. 2016, what kind of vintage was that? 2016 was an excellent year for us. Um, we've had quite consistent uh, vintage years. Uh, 2016 was, we had some good warmth um, throughout our ripening season, producing beautiful, deep, um, deep-fruited fruit, but always with that elegance that we get with the Shiraz that we grow there, with that floral perfume. The 100% Shiraz, now the the other thing I should say is that it's got no Viognier component, all right? So it is 100% Shiraz. So all three of these are 100% Shiraz? No. No. This is the only one that's 100% Shiraz. The other two... We've got three wines. Yep, we do have three. So that was the Syrah, okay? 100% Shiraz. Um, 
The next two are Shiraz Viognier's. I got I got to keep saying Shiraz Viognier's because that's what we call them. I, can, I can't get that out of my system. It's like it's, it's hurting him to say Syrah. I uh, know, I just I can't, can't get say it. Like, <laughs> my will not allow me to say Syrah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think the other bottles actually say Syrah. No, they don't. The not, not on the front label. We, we do talk about it on the back. Uh, okay, so, it, says, it says Shiraz Viognier on the that's back. That's right, that's right. So these are... I guess a little backstory with the Shiraz Viognier. I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but I have to mention it again for this to make sense. So when we make our Shiraz Viognier, we do keep all the different batches or sections of the different portions of the vineyard uh, from across our site. We keep them separate uh, as right through the, the whole process. They get put into fermenters together if they're from, say, the Western vineyard or the... 98 plantings, whatever. We've got numerous batches. We can have up to gosh, up to 20 different batches of Shiraz Viognier. Wow. They're kept separately in the fermenters and then kept separate in the barrel uh, maturation process all the way through until the final blending. Okay. The winemakers track that right through the year. We have these beautiful tastings where they all get together and taste all these batches separately. They score them. They rank them blind. They taste them blind. Okay. So they're always comparing the development of these separate batches. And they are quite different. Even to my, I'm not, I'm not the winemaker, um, so I'm not as experienced as they are. You're just some guy. I'm just some guy. I sell the stuff. But uh, um, th it's extraordinary how different some of these batches are from just, and we're only a small vineyard. It's amazing. That micro terroir, right? I just, I, it's incredible. When, so when I was there, I tasted these. Out you did. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, you tasted. Really yeah, yeah. Rub it in again. <laughs> no, no, I, tell you that I was there. Did he mention that he was there? Yeah, yeah. David, David uh, met me at the winery. Yeah, it's okay. I'll be down there sometime eventually. Well, I hope I hope you can oh, make. Don't it. you have to thank David for something? Which? Oh. oh, did you? I didn't know you did. Actually, yeah, I have, a, I have a very nice it. bottle of Clonakilla olive oil that Michael brought back. Yes, and, that's. Uh, yeah. It has a really unique sort of flavor, but I mean, if yeah, if you're not serious into olive oil, and I'm sort of as I've been traveling, getting a little bit more yeah. into it, yeah. it's another product that yeah. really does offer a, a glimpse of terroir. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's a little grove that uh, Tim has planted on his property. So we're probably getting close to harvesting this year, actually, oh, at yeah. the uh, end of May kind of thing. They have a, a community day and and uh, yeah, roast a pig and you know get 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 it done. I wasn't there for that. Yeah, I don't go for that either. <laughs> You can do everything. No. No, no, he, he missed that. I had to stay for a year. We did invite him, but uh, yeah, he said something about Portugal, Spain, Italy. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. He's, yeah, he's yeah, headed off somewhere. The first quarter of the year traveling. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the two other wines then. Yeah. So, Michael did taste these, um, some of these separate batches yeah. in barrel. Now, two of them, the last few years, we've decided to keep them for a bit longer and make them really in that same time frame as the Syrah. Although they are Shiraz Viognier's, um, so they do have that percent, about 6% of the Viognier co-fermented, um, and a portion of new oak. Um, but what we've done, we've kept these separate. Now, they are made in quite a different way. The Western Vineyard um, is 100% whole bunches. Okay. All right, so that's first for us. That's why you asked about uh, how cassava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we do use whole bunches in the Shiraz Viognier in some of those batches as well, okay? Uh, sometimes up to a third, depending on the on the site and the batch, right? Uh, the TNL Vineyard, Block 1. Now, that's not too far from the, the, the fruit that we make from What's the Syrah. TNL is Tim and Lara. So Tim okay. Kirk, the winemaker, and his wife, Lara. So that's okay. that whole block uh, is theirs. That's They own that. Um, that fruit then goes into the pool of Clonakilla, which is, again, family-owned. No. TNL? No. <laughs> not 
and L. Just T and L. Right. So again, this is made in the standard way that we would make the Shiraz Viognier. It's got about 20% whole bunches in this, so it is kind of a mini uh, Shiraz Viognier, but a bit longer in barrel, that's all. All right, so quite distinctly made batches of Shiraz. Um, and now you've got to taste those separately because I'm, I'm very interested to, to get your reactions of those for sure. Um, so what would be interesting is if we could stick in David's head, now that we've called it the TNA block, if we call it the Stormy Daniels block, <laughs> and see if somehow that sticks with him until next time. Like he is somewhere on the road and he goes, this is our Stormy Daniels block because it's the TNA block. Hang on, hang on. Sounds like we're getting our, our mandatory guest appearance by Henry, if anyone can hear the barking in the background. Oh. Uh, Henry, you going to tell us anything? No. All right. All right. There you go. So those are those three three wines. Yeah. Well, let's start with the uh, with the Syrah. You really should. Do you have enough glasses to do side by side? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think oh, that'd be the way. Be is, is that a stretch for you there with the glasses? We dirtied up all the Bordeaux glasses. Just give my rinse. Quick rinse. Look at that. Oh. He hasn't, he hasn't been here more than an hour, and he's already telling you what to do in your own house. <laughs> he's just like every other guest you have. All right, look, I won't even taste it. I'll let you guys have that. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait, uh, we do have. No, you can't can taste it. All right. All right. So you got so, enough there. So we have now two glasses each. Okay. Andre doesn't get it because he is the host. <laughs> so he doesn't get All right. All right. So there we go. One more. We need three. Oh, you need three. Yeah, yeah. Come on. How about this? You can have the third glass. This you get a little behind the scenes right now of how we, how we work. <laughs> uh, this will be uh, the communal glass, so the uh, third wine will look, go in. Take one of these because it's more important for you to get the the sense oh, of it. Okay. I know the I know the wines. That's fine. So he, uh, says, he says he knows. Yeah. All right. You know. Well, uh, you Here know. I pretend go. I know. So we'll start. <laughs> we'll pour some of the Syrah. Got it. I also love, like, we've been tasting a few wines already. This is a really classy tasting that we've got a couple of, like, dirty glasses on the table. <laughs> yeah, and... Oh, well, we should say what we what we opened up, I guess. So, so we started while, uh, while Dave is pouring. We opened a 30 Bench uh, Red 2017. And then we opened up a uh, Trius, or a Hillebrand, as they were called then, 2010. Red Shale uh, Cab Franc. Both wines, both wines showed exceptionally well. The 2007 started to show its age, so if you have it, I would drink it. Yeah. If you hold it much longer, it's going to really get into tertiary, sort of dried out fruit. It's definitely on that cusp of like pushing into leather. And the red shell still had lots of fruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots. I still think a few years if yeah. you like it to get like old and, and dirty, but it's it's ready to go now. And, if you want and to just to that. grab David really quickly, you, it was the first time you've had a, an Ontario Cab Franc. Yeah, hey, well, you're from absolutely. Ontario, but 35 years away, I didn't realize it was that long. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we figured out that probably the only wineries that were here were Shadow de Charm and uh, Inniskillen. Right, so yes, well, it's interesting I'll... for him to try Cab Franc. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that was a very nice wine too, I like that. So we'll Look so at that Syrah. Yep. So remember, no Viognier component in this whatsoever. 100%. So are any of these wines coming to Ontario or we'll never no. see any of these? No, you will things? not see these. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so this is a... This Michael, is a here's, here's one for your tags. This uh, is a rare opportunity. Australia. You need to visit 
the Canberra. You need to come. Come so and see. What is there to see and do in the Canberra region? Well, there's lots. It's a capital oh. area. Like, the capital. Well, I was asking David. I'm you, it's the capital city. There's lots to do. Lots to well, do. we have, a, you know, we have a very um, a growing wine sector there for sure. Our local producers. We've got close to 40 different labels now in the, in the district. Um, probably well over 100 vineyards that are growing fruit there. But beyond the wine, I mean, it's just a wonderful um, area for growing primary produce. And, and, the, and the city itself, in the last five to ten years, there's been a renaissance in great restaurants and cafes and roasters. Um, it, it's something I've lived in Canberra for 25 years, and it, it, I waited a long time for this, and it's wonderful. Um, so really, and supporting their local products now, as well. Now, if you are looking to be a wine tourist, and obviously... There's sort of two great times to visit a winery. One is right after everything has gone into bottle and everyone's relaxed. If you want to just sit and talk the ear off of the winemaker because they're finally relaxing. Mm. Or harvest if you want to see all that machinery that lies dormant yeah. all year in operation. Yeah. As a tourist, when do you think would be the best time to come and visit the winery? Well, I always suggest the spring is a lovely time. and, and you spring for you is? Is uh, September, October. There we go. Right? So great months to come. Uh, and spring in Canberra in particular is lovely. And we, we get... Well, seasons in Canberra. We are inland, we're 600 meters above sea level, continental, so we get quite distinct seasons for, for Australia. Occasionally. And there's some snow on the hills. Yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, so we get, we, I know, I know, snow on the hills. Yeah. Once every, once every five years. <laughs> but it definitely, it's a beautiful time, spring, uh, when the vines, you've got all that beautiful fresh growth. Um, autumn is another great time, which is right now. Autumn is? Just now, so we're April, May, April, right? May, yeah. yeah. So lovely times, you, you get some of that beautiful color change, of course, in the vineyard. And if you're lucky, you might see some kind of post harvest or even a bit of the tail end of the harvest harvest going on um so always wonderful uh times to come winter you know it's, it can be nice it's cozy you know but it's it's it gets pretty chilly uh, i mean you know for australians <laughs> chilly so you were talking about uh, anyway. camera and that growing scene i, I yeah. remember when when i was there did i tell you i was there it's like where are you from saskatchewan i was in australia so when i when i was there the first night i ended up at some local pub but the next night i actually went for a wander and there was this huge like district where yeah. all the restaurants were yeah absolutely like a, i don't know if it was downtown i don't remember where yeah there's a few sectors now that are um have really developed as food and coffee yeah. and cafe places yeah so absolutely so that's great one of the oldest i ended up at one of the oldest chinese restaurants in australia how old was it old how old was it? All right. So, what do you think? This is beautiful. Oh my god! So, yeah. You've done all three. It is interesting one. Are you a premature taster? You know what? The best part about the first one is it does have a little bit of um. It's a it's a lack of elegance, but it's a good compared to the other two. Yeah. It's rougher on the edges. Well, that's 100% Shiraz or Syrah, right? So with that lack of Viognier, and Viognier, for us anyway, we we see it as taking just that edge off the tannin, right? There's a lipstick on the peg. It's a little silkiness, a bit of texture on the palate, finds that tannin out, so you get that silky finish. All right, you remove that small component, and it's only five six percent. Is really it's a it's a splash in the yeah. in that bucket, really. But you remove that component, and you get a little bit more of that structure, and that's well, what you're getting in the Syrah. Yeah, the tannins, yeah. Are, the tannins are just have a bit more of a right bite, the, right? Right on the mid. Yeah, but it still finishes smooth. Like. Absolutely, right. So there is the there's the elegance to it, but yeah. relative to uh, exactly. the Shiraz Viognier, is White you've got pepper, that the dark fruit coming out. Yeah. there's not that floral element that no. the Viognier adds. 
No, and there's like a really kind of smoky note. Like, mm. It's underneath the fruit. Like it never pokes front and center, but there's a really black and like dark note. Right and, and you know what? You know, you know what else strikes me is the acidity that's on that wine. Uh, is like nothing you think about when when you think Australian. Oh yeah. And Shiraz. Yeah. You just don't go. You know, I don't think you ever think, oh, whoa, Australian Shiraz. That acidity is great. But the the acidity on this is really no, refreshing. No, uh, there's really something about uh, about your winery site that you hold mm. on to that acidity really, yeah. really well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that is is due to that diurnal temperature range that we were chatting off uh, mic before. Sorry guys, we have behind the scenes stuff that you yeah. can hear. Yeah, that's all right. No, so, you know, that, that temperature range that we get in Canberra um, between the day and the nighttime temperature is, is quite significant and that really sets the profile, but it does delay our harvest. Now this tends to retain natural acidity in the fruit uh, as, as that fruit ripens um, and then it, overnight it stops ripening, right? So there's that gentle undulating uh, ripening a cycle. Yeah. So it does tend to retain the natural acidity. So there's not a lot of adjustment that is needed. So that's a beautiful gentle acidity, but it, it remains in that fruit. And, and that's across all varieties. So this is the TNL. So the TNL uh, block one is the uh, second wine. At first I got a really stinky note, but as you, as you aerate it, it really starts to just kind of blend in together. And yeah. that stinky becomes more of a floral. What do you violet. mean? What do you mean stink? I didn't get a stinky. Kind of a funk. Kind of a weirdo funk. Could be like, the glass. I don't know who used this glass last. That was a clean glass. Uh, it was not. That was a clean glass. You sure? <laughs> All right. Then you gotta uh, find a better dishwasher. I'm the dishwasher. Hey, so <laughs> find yourself a better dishwasher. Okay, thanks, Michael. Um, um, okay, I, I didn't mm. get a funk on mine, and I'm, mine is in a, one of the, the dirty glasses. Yeah. But there was only water in this. Bartender, pour it for me in a dirty glass. Yeah, that's right. But it's got like a black licorice, oh, and a nice kind of note to it. Mm -hmm. But I love it when mm. Syrah has that, like it's, it's just that extreme ripeness, but on the palate, it's so elegant, mm. and the acids are so clean on the finish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. This one's more black Nothing pepper, rough. a little more meaty, a little more floral, obviously because of that B.O.K. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's just a little, I think there's a little, there's a little something extra, obviously. I think it's obvious. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I mean, there's something extra about it that makes it, you know, even more interesting, more fun, more sessionable. Isn't that the word you used the other day? <laughs> I would sessionable. like us to steal that from the beer people. Not even sure. Classy way to say just guzzle, guzzleable. Guzzleable. Chuggable. <laughs> like, I really love that. We're really making up some words here. Oh, supposedly, according to Sessionable, it's a beer. It's a beer term. Beer drinker's term. Can we seal it? We've just done it. Let's throw a couple more social media tags out there. Let's ask Robin LeBlanc and Jordan St. That's still sessionable. Okay, so this one is a little smokier to my palate. Smoky, I agree with that. And I also, I get a really strong mineral note on it. So this is the which vineyard is All right, so this is Western Vineyard. It's okay, so a Western Vineyard. So we're almost in the opposite ends of our property. Okay. So we're going from, yeah, no, very different sites. I would like floral and chocolate. I don't know if it's the smoked chicken that you burnt for us. <laughs> Nice but that's a lovely <laughs> overtones of. <laughs> oh, we call it barbecued here. I think is that the term? Note to it. <laughs> Chicken's not burnt. It's blackened. What happened? Charred. Charred. Oh, I didn't see the. Okay, I didn't see the second chicken. All right, so guys, this is the this is the one hundred percent whole bunches, right? Yeah. So this one's got a charred note to it. What, what kind of barrels were in this? Are they same? Same, same uh, punchins? Yep. 
No, so that so that extra kind of darkened note is coming just from ripe stems, or stems change everything, right? <laughs> that really sets it off. There's a there's a an earthiness to this. There's an earthy, smoky. Yep. The yeah. tannins are so soft and silky. I think out of the three, the tannin is the most. Uh, mm. Elegant on this one, mm. but the pepper's not as pronounced. It's nope. interesting. White pepper on the first, black pepper on the second, almost no pepper on this one, or maybe a red peppercorn type thing. Something a little. We're getting, we're getting like it's, it's more. It's, it's the third one is a little bit more fruity and floral, yeah. and the savory notes are a little bit more uh, refined and mm. uh, so elegant and well integrated and buried under the. Fruit. So, so you're saying we're not seeing these in Ontario ever? No, these are are tiny productions. Um, a couple hundred cases each. Uh, and what are they, what are they, what's the price in Australia? They're all they're all retailing over a hundred dollars. So about oh, 100, wow. say one hundred and ten, two hundred and twenty. Wow. Yeah. Thank so. you very much. All this event. Oh yeah, yeah. Really wonderful. No, no, not a problem. I thought you'd be interested, and particularly Michael, seeing that you've you've been there. I was there. Did I tell you, I was there. I was so. It's on the list. Guys. It's on the list. So, Andre, you're, you're next, mate. You're next. Australia. If anyone in Australian tourism is is listening to this, wine Australia, folks, uh, we would absolutely love to bring some more Canadian love to Australian wines because the quality yeah. is definitely there. Yeah. No. Look, um, oh, look. I just wanted to showcase since you and and we do sell the Shiraz Viognier in Ontario. So this is a, these are components of that. And so I thought it would be very interesting for you to taste those components because this is what goes in to the that final blend, right? That Shiraz Viognier that we sell here and is is doing quite well. So there is, you talk about it, uh, I don't know, downward trend or it's, interest. It, it, yep. It's a like yeah. So selling less on yeah. Australian wine, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So the the last release of our Shiraz Viognier has done very well. Um, I think it was in the classics. I think that's the online yeah, okay. portion of it. Um, done very well. So uh, I think there is certainly a taste for it here, and um, when it does sell out, I get I get direct emails from you know individuals from Ontario saying I can't get it can, can you help me out so there is interest um, particularly with individuals uh, in this province so we want to build on that hopefully and um, yeah so that's great so you, you've gotten to we, we've picked apart the Shiraz Viognier here a bit so, and so you've seen the obviously for consumers of Ontario when mm. we see the 2016 is something to look forward to absolutely great vintage um, um, so the Hilltop Shiraz uh, yeah. which has of course been here for quite a while as well that's the classic that's the goes into so the stores. If you, if yeah, you vintages. Get a to grab yeah. The hilltop, that one runs only about forty dollars. Oh, less. Yeah, they'd be five, in the thirties. Yeah. And if you're yep. looking for a way to rediscover Australian wines that maybe you feel that they've started to get a little sweet or a little bit too uh, big, yeah. revisit the Kelowna Hilltop. Uh, yeah. so Shiraz. 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 Yeah, we call it Shiraz. Sorry. So the, so the, uh, the fifteen was through. The sixteen is coming. The sixteen is next. Yep. Yeah, so. Um, that's a good question. I'll, I'll talk to them tomorrow, actually. So Maybe. we'll see. Cool. Right. Yep. And then the uh, and then the seventeen. Now we were briefly off mic, and I thought you said wait till we get on the mic. Yeah, let's talk about seventeen. Yeah, seventeen and eighteen. So right. Seventeen. What kind of vintage is that? Seventeen was uh, a lovely vintage. A little bit. Probably we're going to pull back more into the classic, uh, cool climate that we would get in the Canberra district. Uh, if, uh, 2014 is probably an example of that for us. Um, not not as upfront ripeness in some of those flavors, maybe of that ripe kind of fruit. Uh, I would say pulling back more into those really typical Northern Rhone 
spice-savory components, uh, particularly with the Shrez Viognier. Hilltops is a little bit different because that does come from a slightly different area uh, of Canberra, so a slightly warmer uh, site. So it does affect things, so we can't kind of can't line the hilltops up exactly with our uh, vineyard site. Uh, there is a difference. But listening, I know you're trying to sort of down-talk it in, in terms of expectations of the, the clients, but retaining acidity seems to be at the core of what your brand stands for. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's just what the climate gives us, right? Yeah. It's it's not what we're doing. It's yeah, and I know that's right answer with any good winemaking. Well, that's the I guess that's the poetic answer, but it is true, right? I mean, any good winemaker, any winemaker that is truly concerned about capturing something special, he's he's looking at the fruit first and where he is, all right? And that's you know the French have got it right for hundreds of hundreds of years, right? It's about the place, and that's really what we're trying to do. We we capture that place as best we can you know and, uh, and and get it to bottle for you and and I think this has been a great tasting for you guys because you've captured not only Clonakilla as a whole but those those tiny slivers of yeah, so, vines so in different like, places unbelievable how different these yeah. just as you were saying that the the cassabas were very different based on theirs yeah uh, this one is, again is really different yeah. Yeah. so let's move yep. even more forward to the 2018 when I was there you said you had had some uh, I was there. Did I say I was there? <laughs> I don't know if I told you I was there. You said that you had some hail damage. Hashtag I was there. Yeah, right? hashtag I was there. So you had some hail damage, but then your eyes lit up when you were saying it and you were telling us about Well, yes, look, uh, we did have some hail damage on January, I think it was the 9th or 10th. Um, very intense storm for about 40 minutes. Uh, but fortunately, it happened at probably the best time it could happen if we we're going to have something like that. The berries were still hard. Um, we had good canopy cover, so it did help kind of mitigate some of that. Um, depends on the orientation of the vines, too, because it all came swept in kind of almost horizontal from the west. And so anything running north-south, you know, on that one side got hammered. Uh, the other fortunate aspect is that uh, the vineyard has been... Uh, expertly managed I must say over the last couple of years uh, and just and that helped I think save things as well and plus the post hail management of the of the canopy in particular is really important to um, kind of help those leaves heal and get things going again um, but also the vines have been producing good quantities of fruit as well so we probably I think in the end maybe 10% down um, it was hard to judge at that stage that's not a bad but that's not bad at all bad, right? considering the um, the amount of fruit that we were getting off those vines. And uh, apart from that one incident, um, again, just a season that you couldn't um, plan any better, really, uh, as far as the weather is concerned. Uh, very sustained, warm weather right deep into uh, autumn. And, uh, yeah, so we're... <laughs> We're very happy with the uh, 2018s and looking forward to what's coming out of that. So the so whites we'll the start seeing in, soon. I guess at the rate we're going, three podcasts down the road, we'll mm. be tasting the, the 2018s with David. We'll be able yeah, to look back yeah. on this and... Yeah, See how went. yeah, we're very excited. So, um, but in the meantime, yeah, well, like we've we've still got to move through those seventeens, um, which are you know they've just been bottled. Um, actually, the Shiraz Viognier will be bottled next week uh, while I'm overseas. So, yeah, looking forward to all that. We've got a lot of great wine ahead of us. It's it's a tremendous thing as winemakers and producers to know that you're sitting on some, you know, a couple of years worth of just excellent wine. And it's a, it's a you know, it's a real tribute to the team there. Um, and the yeah. interesting part about wine, I always tell people is it's different every year you think you know yep. oh yeah you absolutely think you know something you go oh i, I know everything <laughs> I want. you know something that 
a new you know hail comes in yeah there's always like, something you know, like in ontario we had you know 2017 as a vintage who would have thought you know those kind of conditions mm. would have happened mm. so everything's always different absolutely so it's, it's endlessly fascinating learning experience absolutely and and we're always tweaking things the winemakers are constantly working on things um you keep the core of it, right? You always keep the core of it, but you're always trying to see what you can extract more from that piece of land and that fruit that it gives you. Absolutely. David, we have to thank you once again for Not a problem fantastic at all. fantastic wines. Always a pleasure. Now, when we turn the mics <laughs> off, we're going to drink these. Yes. I've got some blackened chicken that, yes, I burned the bottom of a little bit because working with a... Love blackened chicken. Anyways, <laughs> let's go see how this turned out. Great, guys. Thanks so you much. You are Andre Prue from underwinerview.ca. I'm Michael Bingus of michaelbinguswinerview.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Angry phone calls, as always, to Michael Pinkus. <laughs> and as always, thank you, David. And A pleasure. Night. A pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.